Hi, I'm Greg. And I'm Leanne. Welcome to Empowered Now. Where we save humanity one one relationship relationship at a time. time. We all struggle from time to time connecting with and understanding others and ourselves. So we hope to encourage you to live a more authentic and empowered life by sharing what we've learned as coaches and as individuals. Empowered Now is LGBTQ2IA alternative lifestyle, poly and kink friendly. Thanks for joining us and And enjoy enjoy the the show. Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of our podcast, Empowered Now. This one, we're going to be talking about the desire to feel special in poly and CNM relationships. So yeah, this, I I guess I'll start by saying that this topic came up for me because I I suppose I do have this need, like a bit of sentimentality, I suppose, around feeling special in relationships. Um, And so the idea was, how, how do we feel special in our relationships? Right, because the mono sort of you know monogamous relationships, the specialness is kind of inherent in the structure of it, right? You know, um, mm-hmm. whereas with poly and CNM relationships, uh, that's not always the case. I mean, in certain structures like hierarchical and stuff, it is, it can be anyway. But once you get into autonomy and open relationships and, and relationship anarchy, I think that specialness kind of becomes more challenging to find. And so if you're like me or us, I guess, um, and you're, you're struggling with finding things that are special, but I guess the hope is, is that we can share a bit about our thoughts on it and why we resonate with the concept and what we feel might work mm-hmm. you know, for us as well as for you. Yeah? Yeah, and I think that idea of being special is about sort of a differentiation, right? And and it comes from comparison. And I always say, <laughs> comparison is the thief of joy. Don't do that to yourself. Um, I do it all the time, you know, um, with people that you are seeing. And I feel sometimes lacking in comparison. So when we recognize the, that we want to be notably different, I think that's kind of a great end to this, if that makes sense, rather than, you know, just sort of pouting about not feeling special enough. There, there are things that we can do. There are things that we can ask for. These, there are things that we can create with our partner to differentiate our relationship from other relationships, Right. 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 And I think what comes from me with the specialness is that idea of feeling valued, mm-hmm. right? Um, cherished, appreciated, right? Yes. And, and that's important to me in a relationship is yeah. I want to feel special and I want to feel valued. Um, and it, it came about because of the new relationship that I'm in um, with, with my partner. And as we're starting to explore you know, each other and, and all of that stuff and define how we fit into each other's lives... Um, some of that, some of that emotional jealousy, well, there's no other kind of jealousy, Greg, some of that <laughs> jealousy started to come up for me because I wasn't feeling special. Mm-hmm. So we kind of unpacked that and we talked about that a bit and it was really powerful for us, for me, um, to be able to realize that I need that in a relationship. I need to feel special somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. And as you and I started to talk about it more as well, and unpack the different ways that people can feel special, right? Mm-hmm. 
you want to share a little bit about that in terms of what you came up with? And... Well, yeah, we came up with this sort of massive uh, list. It's probably not exhaustive, but it's a pretty <laughs> big list of the things that people want to differentiate or feel special within. There, there's a wide scope of, of things with or aspects to a relationship including activities, um, places that you go to, uh, people that you um, socialize with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, your community, yeah. Yeah, and so when a new partner is, is maybe introduced to a friend that's you know mutual between you and your established partner, it can feel like, oh, oh, they've, they've met them. Oh, that's, that's new information that can feel kind of like they're encroaching on territory that you previously had. Yeah, right? the word that came up for me in that was invasive. Yeah, and so, you know, the idea of trying to um, unravel some of these, these things that we tightly hang on to and recognize when it's possible to let that go, right? And maybe choose something else that we can agree to that is um, more reasonable, more sustainable, right? Mm -hmm. Then that is, that's something that, that we can, you know, as a couple look at and say, you know, it might not be possible to keep our friends completely separate because we have mutual friends, right? Or you might not even want that. In a or you might not even want that, but I'm just like using that as an example. Right. right. Because like with kitchen table poly, right. That's what, that's what that's all about is creating a community. And right. You know, and everybody loves everybody else. And, you know, there's that sense of community there and there is no compartmentalization. But for those of us that prefer compartmentalization, of which I am one of those people, um, then that does become challenging, right? Like, you know, taking taking my partner, you know, to, to an event, let's say that, you know, that we might have gone to otherwise, you know, could be could be emotionally difficult and challenging for you. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm just using that, that initial example of, <clears throat> you know, the, the new partner meeting mutual friends can feel invasive and encroaching. And then, you know, recognizing that maybe in that situation, trying to negotiate an agreement around not meeting those friends might not be reasonable, might not be sustainable right, over time. Right, yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I think that's some things to keep in mind as I go through this list is some of these may be things that you can come to an agreement on with your partner and some of them may not be. Right. And yeah. maybe it's maybe I wonder if this is a good place to point this out. Um, the, the, the fact that these are and we've done a whole podcast about tools and rules and you know rules versus you know, agreements and boundaries and stuff. But I think it's really important to understand and to point that out. If this is the first podcast that you're listening to or watching with us, that these this is not about making rules around partners' behaviors mm -mm. at all or what they can or can't do. This isn't restrictive. This is about making agreements, setting boundaries uh, through negotiations, mm -hmm. right? If your boundary is, you know, I mean, let's use jewelry, for instance. If I, you know, if I've given you a piece of jewelry, and then I see that you're wearing it around somebody else. Is that reasonable for me to expect that that's not the case because it's a beautiful piece of jewelry and you like it and love it? Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, maybe not. And so we would sit down and negotiate that, right? 
Right. And I would express how it makes me feel and you would tell me how it makes you feel. And then we would come to an agreement about what we do moving forward with that. If those right. come up for me, but a rule would be, I don't want you wearing that around anybody else, or you can't wear that around anybody else. Cause now I'm placing a restriction on your behavior based upon my uncomfortableness with it. So well, and even in that discussion, right? What I might share with you is I love to have a piece of you with me wherever I go. That's, that's well, fucking beautiful. It's, <laughs> right? So it changes, you know, how, how we talk about it. Yeah. I, I want to give you a hug right now. Yeah. And so when you, when you make assumptions about why someone is doing something or what their motivation is, it's usually half truths or made up stories that we're creating ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't have the full scope of what they're thinking and feeling until we bring it to the table. Right. Mm -hmm. So we need to bring it to the table and have that talk. Right. So here are some things that we came up with our, our list. Mm -hmm. So things to, that you might want to negotiate with your partner, uh, intimacy, I think this is one that we should talk about a little bit afterwards. Okay. Restaurants or places that you frequent and activities such as skiing, concerts, biking, road trips, travel destinations, music, certain playlists, certain artists, um, clothing. Mixtapes. <laughs> Sorry? Mixtapes. Mixtapes. <laughs> Clothing, uh, like, for example, lingerie, um, perfume or cologne, jewelry, like you've brought up, gifts, like you've also brought up with that. I gave you that. What are you doing wearing it around other people, etc. Yeah. Um, family and friends are socializing. That's the, the example I used. Pet names, titles legal status which you know in most places poly couples are not legally recognized but there might be you know other ways that you could involve them i'm not sure about that talk to a lawyer um, power exchange and time or commitment levels mm -hmm. so you know these are all things that might be opportunities where you could have a discussion. If there's something that you think might be really meaningful to you, like say we vacationed to Europe all the time, right? And, and we had a particular destination there that we frequented and um, I, I didn't want you to go there with anybody else, right? If I'm, keeping this little nugget secret in my heart and just hoping that you don't ever have the desire to take another part in the, partner there, I am setting myself up, right? If I come to you and say, this is how I'm feeling about this place, it might be as simple as you saying, yeah, me too, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. uh, end of discussion, we don't have to, you know, consider anything else. Okay, but, but, but on the flip side of that, mm -hmm. Let's uh, do a bit of, of, of uh, devil's advocate here. Of course. Right? So the, of flip course. That, so the flip side <laughs> of that is you come to me and you say, um, I, I, you know, um, I, I, I don't like it 
if you take somebody else to that place. And then I say to you, well, but it's my favorite place on the planet. Mm -hmm. You see, there's one of those motivations again that I didn't know. Right. right? And that's, that's why I took you there because I wanted to experience it with you because you are a special and valuable person in my life. And so is my new partner. Mm -hmm. and, and so that so I want to experience it with them as well. And so that's really right? so, important so, to know for me. Right? Right. You know, because I mean, you know, and maybe a, an example that would probably be closer to home for me, because I'm not much of a travel person, would be music. Mm -hmm. Right? Music yeah. for me is a huge part of my life. To not be able to share my favorite songs with everybody that I love mm. is, is unreasonable. Right. Even though there might be a sentimental attachment to some of those songs for you. Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah you know and i think that's that's really important to understand but then on the flip side of the coin too it becomes you know and this gets into relationship autonomy where it's like i love those songs and you know i don't want to listen to some of them with anybody but you because when i listen to them i think about you so if i'm listening to those songs and i'm with somebody else then am I really being present with my partner in that moment or the person that I'm with? Mm -hmm. And the answer for me personally would be no. Right. Because that song comes on and I'm like, oh shit, that takes me immediately out of the moment and into the moment with you. Whereas with somebody else, that might not be the case. There might not be that level of emotional attachment to that particular song. So it's just a song playing on the radio or whatever, it doesn't matter. Because I know you're a bit like that, right? You don't really have that strong attachment to music like exactly. I do. Exactly, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, or, you know, maybe you could think, you know, the same book, right? Your favorite book, right? You know, whatever it is, right? So I think it's really important to understand that just because it's bringing up emotions for you that might be uncomfortable and you're willing to talk about that, you also have to be willing to look at it from the other person's perspective if they feel that strongly about it. And if it's such an integral part of who they are and how they identify, or if it has a significant amount of emotional or sentimental attachment for them and be willing to say, okay, yeah, maybe I am looking at this differently and maybe I need, do need to unpack why I need to feel so special with this one thing. Mm -hmm. Is there another way that I can get that unique value feeling that doesn't involve, you know, going to Zurich or, you know, Berlin, or it doesn't involve listening to, you know, Metallica or, you know, England Dan and John Ford Coley. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, no, so. I have no idea who those artists are, but that's okay. <laughs> well, you know who Metallica is. I do, of course, I do. Not maybe not England, Dan and John Ford Coley. I but, don't. Uh, <laughs> I'll it. admit that one. <laughs> Google it. That's that's my uh, that's my music uh, trivia reference for the day. <laughs> of course. I how many people? I wonder if there's going to be like a spike in England, Dan and John Ford Coley. Meet. Not. <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> who knows? You know. No, I know that's that's not going to happen. <laughs> Um, well, so one of the things that you kind of touched on earlier is the structural component of a relationship that lends itself to inherent specialness mm -hmm. um, and that there's a, you know, kind of a wide variety um, in a hierarchical poly practice, you have a primary relationship and that title denotes specialness of the relationship. And so it's a way that some couples use the structure to provide some safety. And I think that that's 
valuable if you need it. And we did initially, we started out that way and we were very cognizant of when that shifted. And when we no longer felt like we wanted to identify as hierarchical. Mm -hmm. And that was around the time that you brought up relationship autonomy, which I think is uh, a better terminology for us to use than relationship anarchists because we're not quite anarchists. Right, and not really that, but for me, I mean, you know, for me, in my, in my life, words have impact. And when I think of anarchy, I think of chaos and, and lack of structure and mm -hmm. lack of organization. And those for are sure. all things that I need in order to be a functioning human being, frankly. <laughs> so without those, I'd be a True. bit of a basket case. So the yes. word anarchy in and of itself just doesn't resonate with me. And so yeah. the idea of autonomy becomes about personal responsibility. Right. Right. And it becomes about, you know, and it also becomes about being present in those relationships um, of your own volition. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, yeah. So back to the list. So I think the first one that we put on the list was intimacy because a lot of people start there. Mm -hmm. You can have sex with people, but you can't fall in love with them or you can't kiss them. Yeah. Or you can't have makeout sessions or, you know, you, yeah. can't, you can't hold hands in public. Or you had that, right? I did. I had that in a relationship. Yeah. Where I was allowed to do everything onto the planet, like have, like have the most amazing sex in the world, mm -hmm. but, but she was incredibly uncomfortable with me kissing. Wow. Them, which made it very difficult. Yeah. It's a good thing yeah. I was into BDSM at the time because, you know, I could not kiss them and still have incredible sex. But the point, <laughs> is, the point is, is that it felt really awkward and weird. I agreed to it. So therefore it became an agreement, but it, technically it was a rule because it was a rule that she wasn't willing to, mm. to um, move away from for quite some time. So th that brings up a very good point. A lot of times agreements are rules in disguise. True. And how do we know the difference? We know the difference when the, the rule feels controlling to our behavior right. or it feels like we are controlling our partner, right? Right. So in that situation, and again, this is another podcast, but in that situation, <laughs> what might have happened would, would it, if I were to redo that now, a way to make that rule into an agreement would be, okay, I hear you and I understand what you're saying, but it's unreasonable to expect that I'm not going to kiss somebody while I'm having sex with them. Mm -hmm. So is there another way that we can get that need met that doesn't involve restrictions on my behavior and interactions with other people? Mm -hmm. All right. And then we could unpack that a little bit. And then if she still felt strongly about it and still felt like, you know what, this is something, well, then I would have a decision to make in that moment. You know, how about mm -hmm. maybe I just don't tell you about it. If you don't know, then there's nothing for you to, you know, you know what I mean? Like that, that's one option. And then so on. And, and so a on. lot of people choose that because their partners have disguised these rules as agreements and they aren't willing to negotiate right. and therefore they find it too restrictive. So that's why they break agreements right. and are, yeah. are practicing unethically. Right. 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 Um, you wouldn't make that decision in our relationship now, but at, in other situations, when you, when you felt restricted, that would be when that comes up for you. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And it has. So for that 
person who's in that situation who might be listening to this. The point is that you're feeling controlled. And that means that that agreement isn't sustainable and isn't reasonable for you. And it's not really a boundary that's about them. It's a restriction about your behavior. Mm-hmm. And so what I would suggest that you do is take a look at how you can feel valued or how you can make the person that is attempting to place that restriction on you mm-hmm. feel valued in a different way. Mm-hmm. If that, so, if that is, if that, and then that goes back to the specialness thing, right? Mm-hmm. So they need, so kissing becomes something special that only the two of you do, right? That's the, that's the, that's the limit, right? You know, um, and so what else can you do that has the same level of meaning to you or similar level of meaning to you that wouldn't be as unreasonable a request? Or how can you bump up the intimacy level in your own relationship? Exactly, exactly. So when you're coming to the table for these negotiations, it isn't always about, we're looking at intimacy and what you can and cannot do with other people. That's, That's not the point of this. The point of this is to say, how do we feel special in our relationship, in our intimacy? And then once we've identified that, look at, okay, how can we maintain that? How can we, you know, bump that up? Um, If I'm feeling threatened by the fact that, you know, you're having intimate relationships with someone else, it really does help to have, you know, connection and to have those, uh, you know, sexy times and those cuddle times and so that you're not feeling the lack and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. in that in your own relationship so i think it's both sides of the equation that need to be addressed in these negotiations mm-hmm. how is your relationship doing in this area how do you express and receive in this area mm-hmm. you know and then how will you feel comfortable expressing and receiving with other partners right mm-hmm. and right. maybe if you came from a place of this is what i'm comfortable with for myself that would be maybe a, a more positive way to approach the negotiation, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah, you can't control another person. That's not, it's not really possible and it's not really desirable if you do, it's unethical. So for example, the travel destinations, let's go, just go back to that, right? If I said, you know, Zurich is special to me because you and I went there, I'm not taking any partners there. That's my boundary. That's about me mm-hmm. and what I'm going to do. It has nothing to do with you and what you choose to do. I'm just letting you know that's one way that I'm keeping our relationship special for me. Mm-hmm. And you can make other decisions. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's great. I love that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Perfect. So going back to the list, um, restaurants and places that we frequent are things that sometimes we become attached to, right? And yeah. feel our, that's our place, our thing to do, our place to go, right? Right, right. and then that leads us to this, this, this conversation that you and I had about whether or not it's reasonable and sustainable mm-hmm. request, right? Which I really love, that really resonated with me. And that was something that you brought to my attention. So if there's a restaurant that, that, that you go to with your, you know, your current established partner, Mm-hmm. And it's you go there simply because it's convenient for you, mm-hmm. um, and you like the food, obviously, of course. Um, 
but you also, you know, so then the, the, another partner takes somebody else there as well, because again, it's convenient, mm -hmm. right? And it's, you know, maybe it's convenient because it's uh, because of geography, because of, you know, your diet, because of, you know, uh, money, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. So it's convenient. And then, so the part, the other partner takes them there too, right? Mm -hmm. Is it, is it reasonable to expect that they wouldn't continue to take them there? Right. No. Does that make sense? Because it's, it's not. Because it's convenient. It's easy. Right. right? And, and maybe the, the, maybe there was initially that gut of, oh, well, you're taking them there. That was our place. <laughs> but then yeah. if you unpack that a little bit, it's like, well, it's only our place because it's really fucking convenient. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and that's really the only thing there is to it is, is that it's convenient. And it's, it's not exactly, you know, a high end restaurant that you don't go to, but once a year. Right. right? So it's just, it's just a simple matter of, of making life easier. Great example of what is not sustainable or reasonable. Yes. Right. Right. And so, and then yeah. having said that too, if you do establish a place that is special, then fucking go there. And say it and out say, loud. Say this say, can be our thing. This can be our thing, right? This yeah. is a place that I want to take you, or this is a place that you want to take me or whatever. And, you know, we want to go here together so long as it's not majorly inconvenient to avoid it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So if let's say it's a high-end restaurant and you're not a high-end restaurant kind of person and you, you and your, your, um, your established relationship, you know, nesting partner, anchor partner, whatever you call it, go there once a year or mm -hmm. twice a year. Right. You know, because it's like a anniversary thing or whatever. Yeah. Right? You know, that's, that's reasonable. You know, it is sustainable. Right. Yeah. So I think that, you know, like you said, making it reasonable um, and sustainable yeah. are, are really, really key ingredients to establishing what is and what, what isn't special, at least for us anyway. For sure. Right. Um, you know, something else that comes to mind is concerts, right. uh, activities, right? So concerts, you like to go to concerts. I am not a big concert person myself and I have had two concussions. So mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to be going to any major concerts ever again, mm -hmm. you know, in the foreseeable future. Um, so it would be weird for me to want to keep that special right? I would Completely say, unreasonable. I would say, I would say it would almost be unhealthy for you to want to keep that special. Yeah. You'd want to know why, right? Like why, why does that of all things have to be on the special list? <laughs> right. Like I would get it. I mean, you know, getting personal because that's what this is all about. Um, I would understand that if it was a play, because I know how much that kind of stuff means to you. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but even having said that, maybe it's not a play, maybe it's a specific, maybe it's not any play, but a specific one. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. it's, it's all just so nuanced. And so, and you really, really have to kind of dig into that and really try to figure out, you know, what's, what's coming up for you in those situations and why this stuff is special to you and get really clear about that. Yeah. And one of the things that I wanted to touch on here in the activities is that it can be a very slippery slope in poly and cnm when you are looking for partners that check off certain boxes mm -hmm. right guilty i did that <laughs> what I, 
I totally did that. I was looking like in my list of, of people, like I was looking for somebody that loved to go biking and wanted to go to concerts and all this other stuff. And it was totally, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was totally like, I, I, I was looking for somebody to fill in all of the gaps that you and I didn't fill in. Mm-hmm. And when I started to realize and recognize that, I'm like, that's not really what I want. Or it's not solely what you want. Solely what I want, right. And it shouldn't be the focus, right? It's not the focus, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, in this new relationship, which is fantastic and amazing, it's definitely not the focus, you know? And it's it's been really an eye-opening experience for me to see that and to see that that while we do have those things in common, Mm -hmm. those aren't the primary things that we have in common. And those aren't the primary reasons that we're, we're connecting the way that we are. Yeah. Right. Because there's so much more to it, just like any other relationship. Right. Right. Just like any other um, deeply connected relationship. There's so much more. um, There's yeah, just so much more of everything in it. So anyway, I'm gushing a little bit. I'll shut up. No, don't. I like it. Um, so, (laughs) So, yeah, that's the that's the slippery slope. Right. It's like well this person sorry i want i want people to see this you like that that you're happy yeah i'm having compersion right (laughs) so if you don't do you know what i'm feeling right now hang on one sec if you don't know what compersion is it's when you feel happy for your partner's happiness yeah go ahead what are you you feeling i'm i'm feeling valued and special right now oh that's interesting, isn't it? You are valued and you are special. Well, yeah, thank you. I, yeah, I mean, but the, the point is, is that it, as it aligns with what we're talking about, I'm feeling special and valued in a way that I never thought I would. Wow. Right? So that's really interesting. I'm glad that, that I'm glad people are hearing this or watching this or whatever right now, because this is a, this is a moment for me. I'm having a bit of a moment, a small one, but it's, it's a moment nonetheless, and I'm really enjoying it. So thank you very much for that. And I can see in your smile, which those of you who are listening um, can't see, but she's got this huge ass fucking smile on her face. That's just incredibly amazing. So, and I'm really glad that she feels the way that she does because it does make me feel valued and it does make me feel special. Oh, thanks, honey. Okay. All right. So back to the the slippery slope. So the slippery slope is that we um, will meet someone and have some compatibility in lots of areas and they don't check off the, you know, road trips checkbox. They don't like road trips and you're looking for somebody to go on road trips with. Well, you know, there's a couple of ways you can approach that. You can approach it as, well, you don't check off that box, therefore I'm not gonna see you again. Or you can say, you know, I can find a buddy to go on road trips with. Doesn't have to be a romantic partner, Mm -hmm. right? Or I can find another romantic partner to go on road trips with, you know? I mean, that's the the joy of Polly and CNM. If, If you're open to having more partners, you know, maybe that's someone else you haven't met yet but the point is i guess is that when you're having these discussions be really clear about what actually is special and what you can release because it's not reasonable you made a very good point about quantity right Mm -hmm. you said if everything is special nothing is special right 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 yeah, and I think that's really important. And then, I, I mean, 
what it comes down to is identifying what is special and why for you. And then, like you said, you know, that, you know, you mentioned the slippery slope. Well, the other slippery slope to me is, is that it can start stacking on top of each other. Well, yeah. okay, this is special, but so is this. And so is that. And, you know, and all, and then pretty soon, like you, everything becomes special. Well, then nothing is really special at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. And I think it's also empowering to be get clarity around exactly what is special and why. And really know that that restaurant is special for this reason because it makes me feel, you know, X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. right? Or I or these feelings of X, Y, and Z come up. I, I've said makes me feel a couple of times in this, and I don't know why, but but because that's not really the language I like to use. But I hope people understand what I'm trying to say is is that it brings up those feelings of value and specialness and uniqueness in your connection with that person. Mm -hmm. So. Um, and I guess to that end, um, maybe this is a good place to bring this up as well. When I, when we first started the podcast, I started to explain why this was coming up for me um, as being in a new relationship and all of this other stuff and wanting to have certain things that were unique or special about us and only about us. And what I realized was what is unique and what is special about the relationship is us. Mm -hmm. individuals in the relationship are what make it unique and truly special, right? Mm -hmm. So being present and appreciative are the ways that we can acknowledge that specialness, as it were, within those relationships. And ultimately, the things that we do together are special because the individuals that are doing it, not because of the activity itself or the piece of jewelry or the gift or the way you smell or the clothing you're wearing or not wearing as the case may be, or the music that you're listening to or not listening to, right? Those are all memories that are being created. Those are all moments that are being created. But the most important piece of that is the individuals in those moments creating them. And so when I, when, I, when I listen to a specific piece of music, like Pushing Up Daisies by the Brothers Osborne, right? I think about you because I shared that moment with you. So it's not the song, but it's the moment and the individuals that were in the moment. Yeah. Um, the song inspires that memory, right? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's really important. So along with this, everything is special, nothing is special. I think it's really important to, to acknowledge and recognize. And it was an eye opener for me that what makes the relationship special, what makes these moments special isn't necessarily what you're doing or what you have or don't have or where you're going, but the people that you're doing it with. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, that brought up two things for me. One is that you posted in our Empowered Now relationship support group on Facebook, the question, what makes a relationship special to you? And there was a variety of answers. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of great answers from that. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, everything from humor to, uh, you know, how somebody vibes with me. Right. And that that really spoke to the uniqueness of each connection, I thought. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was one comment in there that I I remember. I don't remember the exact phrasing of it, but I remember that that person was pretty specific about things like emotional intimacy and intellectual conversation and the type of connection, the type of sex they were having, all of that stuff. And I love that they were that specific about it because it wasn't yeah. things. It wasn't, you know, activities per se. It was 
like we talked about at the top of this list, intimacy. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really beautiful. And so shout out to whoever, I forget, I'm sorry, who posted that, but shout out to them for, for, for expressing that. That was one of the answers that really stuck out to me. I mean, they were all great answers, but that one stuck out to me and resonated with me pretty deeply. Right. And, you know, when we think about our relationships and how we relate to people, if we are the kind of person that enjoys humor, we're probably going to look for people who enjoy humor, mm -hmm. but we're probably going to have a different style of humor with each person. And they're going to bring different things to the conversation to make us laugh, you know, yeah. and have a different way about them. So, you know, um, somebody had written in response to that, you know, when somebody makes me laugh, that makes the relationship special to me. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's not like you're, you're never going to laugh with another partner. That's right. not possible. Right. That's not sustainable, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And the other, the other thing that came up for me was when you were talking about, um, you know, what makes that activity special is the people involved. When I think back to a very special place that I hold near and dear to my heart, which was our cabin at Mamio beach, I went there every summer of my life. And I went there every summer of my life with different combinations of family and friends. Some were my friends, some were my brother's friends, some were my parents' friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I would never have thought ever of saying, you know, to my family, <laughs> let's not bring up any of our friends here because this is just special between us, right? It's just a weird idea. The, the expansiveness of sharing that experience of being on the beach all day and getting all hot and tired and coming back to the cabin in the shade and having some cool lemonade and some sandwiches, you know, that experience was the, essentially the same for everybody, but unique amongst the participants. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would have not changed that for the world. I would not have tried to limit that for, for anyone. Mm -hmm. to experience that and have fun with that. So in the same way, I try to approach all of what's on this list with you and being expansive and accepting and, and, and recognizing that what you just said is very true, that it's not really about these things. It's, it's really about the uniqueness of each connection, mm -hmm. right? That also brings up something else too, um, where relationship anarchists are concerned. Right. And this idea that, you know, um, some of them might say, many would say that nothing is really special. Um, and, you know, is that okay? Uh, the answer is, yeah, that's perfectly okay. Um, mm -hmm. You know, whatever you, however you find that uniqueness and that value and that connection is completely up to you. Like, I, I mean, this isn't, this is our experience. And this is what we've seen with clients and what we've heard from them and how they can manage and negotiate and, and get that feeling of that value that specialness kind of provides. But however you go about that, it's fantastic. Like, you know, as long as you're doing it ethically, consensually, and in a healthy way, that doesn't try to limit or restrict other people's behavior. I think that's fantastic. I mean, did I miss anything in that? No, I think, I think um, you know, in the relationship anarchy community, the whole idea is to like step away from structure that has been imposed mm -hmm. so the idea around like um having you know 
a primary would be completely ridiculous. Um, imposed structures like based on titles, you know, mm -hmm. wife versus girlfriend, you know, implies some some status shifting, right? And what what they want really, I think, in the philosophy that I've come to understand is freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Freedom to choose and make out uh, and make out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, <laughs> that too. Yeah, they, they want that too. I'm sure. Well, some of them, maybe, I don't know. some don't. Yeah. <laughs> Let me rephrase. They want the freedom to make decisions for each relationship as as needed and as they feel moved to without worrying about particular status or structure or labels. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Or dynamics. Right. Yeah. Right. For sure. So how can we feel more special. So the first piece would be in these discussions, talk about what you want to have special in your relationship, make decisions for yourself, not your partner. Mm -hmm. As right. per the example regarding like a destination, I'm not going to take anyone to Zurich because we went there. So, you know, and um, create new rituals and routines for each connection could be something really simple like how you greet each other or how you say goodbye um, certain pet names that are unique to that connection um, texting rituals I think that's pretty common these days mm -hmm. right do I get a good morning text mm -hmm. I do okay that makes me feel special you know that kind of thing um, and release those unreasonable and unsustainable requests like or desires right recognize when it it really is not something that your partner could do over time right mm -hmm. right and i think also um understand that that trying to predict or project into the future what could possibly be special to you um is also um uh, an exercise in frustration mm -hmm. um, so you maybe, won't hit it all you won't get it all yeah maybe letting go of that and then just be willing to sit with whatever comes up as it comes up yeah the uncomfortability right? of it yeah the uncomfortableness of it for sure mm -hmm. and just simply you know okay you know what you did this thing and i didn't realize that thing was special to me so let's talk about that or maybe get clarity around why it's special to you and then if you feel like you need to bring it up then bring it up Right. Or maybe look at what category of the relationship does it fall under? And is there something that we need to do to address bumping up the, the feeling of connection in that category? Right, exactly. Like exactly. maybe we're not doing enough things outside the house together. We're right. spending a lot of time together, but we're not going out enough. Mm -hmm. And so I miss going to a park with you, right? right? So when you take someone to a park, I'm like, oh, well, that's special to us, you know? <laughs> Right. But that that feeling, that desire right there in that moment is coming out of a need not being met. And if that need isn't being met, that's the actual thing that needs to be addressed. Right. And then that's the thing you need to get clarity around is, is yeah. okay, so what's the need that's not being addressed here? And then you bring that to the to, to your partner or partner's attention. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think it's really important to, you know, to, to acknowledge that, you know, oftentimes, especially at the beginning of a relationship, 
we try to make as many things special as possible to keep us safe and secure. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that was my experience anyway. And then the more that we start to let go of this idea that we need everybody in our life to be a secure base, the more it allows for that expansiveness and to experiment and to experience things that are often unique to you as an individual, in this case, me as an individual, that I really enjoy doing. And I want to do those things with, with people that I love and care about. Right. Right. You know? Um, Yeah. And I think that's, that's what makes it special. It's part of what you call, what I call, (laughs) nobody else does (laughs) yet. Um, It's part of what I call, your intimate identity. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That this came out the, of a session with somebody. This is for, I'm first, this is the first time hearing about this. Yeah. So the intimate identity in, encapsulates things like how do I express and receive intimacy mm-hmm. and, and what are the, the ways that that shows up? And it comes from all of these categories, right? And more probably that I haven't even touched on. But that is something that you want to experience in multiple ways with multiple people probably right yeah if, because that's your identity that's how you identify yeah that's you. i love that thank you so much for bringing that up i'm wow that's powerful for me yay yay i'm so glad i mean you know one of those things too like we were just getting into the end of the list here with the um time and commitment levels and, and power exchanges. These are really touchy subjects for people because they're so personal, mm-hmm. right? And we can get into the sort of the back and forth of scheduling, like you're spending too much time with your other partner and not enough time with me. Wait, let's look at that. What is the nature of the time that we're spending together? And what are we doing during that time? Probably a need isn't being met. It could be that we're spending you know, time in the same space breathing the same air, but we're not connecting, right? Right, and then th- that leads to love languages and sex languages and yes. all that stuff, right? Unpacking all of that and what, you know, what, what are my love languages? Like for me, you know, when you just said that, what came up for me immediately was quality time. That's, yeah. that's, that's on my list of love languages, but it's not at the top of my list, mm-hmm. right? Because I like a lot of alone time. So that's just mm-hmm. who I am. But words of affirmation is at the top of my list. So if I hear you telling another partner things that you tell me, or maybe calling them pet names that you call me, mm-hmm. that might be like, oh, okay, that's weird. You know, like I got some unpacking to do around that. Maybe we can negotiate something around that. So right. that I either don't hear that or you don't call me that again. Do you know what right. I mean? And again, that's that rule versus boundary, right? If right. I say you can't call anybody else that, that's a rule. But if I say, hey, look, it's a boundary for me. So I don't want you calling me that anymore. It, it doesn't feel right anymore. Yeah. It doesn't feel right anymore. It doesn't have the, the specialness that it used to have. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. is fine too. And that's the other, and I know we're running out of time here, but that's the other thing too, is, is that something that you thought was special before may no longer be special to you. Mm-hmm. And that's okay too. And maybe as your relationship starts to grow and expand and transition and shift and all of those other catch catchphrases out there, as, 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 as long as that, as long as you are aware of that and understand that that's okay, that as things start to shift, right? And you let go of that need mm-hmm. to yeah. feel safe with everybody that you interact with. And you start to allow for that experimentation, that expansion, 
Mm -hmm. right? And those opportunities to present themselves. Oftentimes what I've found is this big giant list of things that I thought I needed to feel special is mm -hmm. really only kind of one or two things, you know? Just well, and I think that's healthier, honestly, because absolutely. if like the quantity versus quality uh, argument is very key here. Um, I would much rather have one or two things that are special to us that are reasonable and sustainable and that I know, uh, you know, we can enjoy for a long mm -hmm. time together mm -hmm. than a whole host of things that I have to kind of keep in my head. Right. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's, awesome lot. it's like, wait a minute. It's not special to me. No way. Yeah. Wait. To me. Last week or this week, but yesterday yeah. felt like four days and tomorrow feels like, you know, like, and it's like, it's a lot to, to keep up with. And, yeah. and it's a lot of intellectual and emotional labor, frankly, not just really? for you, but for your partner, because then you're like, you're the expectation then becomes that they're going to remember that shit too. And mm -hmm. I don't know about anybody else, but I got a fucking horrible memory. <laughs> so I might, <laughs> I, I might very well, I might very well do something that I have been told was special. But if it's on a list of 18 things, <laughs> it's much harder to remember. It's a much harder to remember. You know? And I might be sweating bullets going, oh, shit, is this special? Isn't this special? <laughs> you know, like, I don't remember, you know? No. I, I know. Right? And so I'm like, so if it's only one or two, hey, that's easy. Okay. You know? yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, there's some, some things that you know, we really need to be careful about and we don't want to try and control our partner. Primarily, that's what we don't want. We right. don't want rules disguised as agreements. And if your partner is immovable on what feels like a rule to you, spend the time unpacking what's going on there because both of you, both of you, because you, if you agree to that and it is problematic for you, it's not going to get easier over time. Right. Right. It's just going to feel more and more restrictive. And then resentment builds up and then you have a rupture in your relationship that needs to be repaired and you don't have the tools to repair it because it was like, you know, six years ago. So <laughs> it's right. like, uh, wow, that's a lot of buildup. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Things that keep me awake at night. <laughs> right. Right. For sure. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So, I mean, I think, uh, I feel like that covered everything that we wanted to cover. Yeah, I just anything? checked the list. I mean, we didn't go into as much detail on the certain things that, as I thought we might, but I think people get the gist. Well, and, and I think it's important to understand that, that we made that list of certain things because, you know, it might, it, it, one of those might resonate with you. Like on that list of things, um, you know, intimacy um, and music are the two that resonate with me the most. Right. And so, mm -hmm. but maybe for you, it's different. Maybe it's, you know, activities and gifts or whatever. Right. And that yeah. goes back to the love languages thing that we were talking about and all of that. So yeah. I think really what, what it comes down to is, is, is identifying those things that are special to you, asking yourself why they're special to you and asking yourself if it's reasonable and sustainable for them to continue to be special to you. Okay. And is that reasonable and sustainable to ask of your partner or partners? And there's nothing wrong with requesting and advocating for your needs. Mm -hmm. That's not controlling. It's just a request. Right. For sure. Right. And so that opens up dialogue. It opens up understanding. And again, like we were talking about at the beginning, sometimes you learn something about how your partner sees this particular thing that changes how you feel about it mm -hmm. too. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because I realized even in just the hour or so that we've been talking about this, how many times this has come up for me in my life and how many times mm -hmm. I have felt the need to be special based upon my partner's interactions with other people. Mm -hmm. and so it's really been an interesting exercise for me to start. And I've been unpacking this for a while, which is what led to us wanting to talk about this podcast. But yeah, it's been really enlightening for me to, to be able to share this part of, of my journey and myself with people. So I hope that it resonates with them as well. And understand that, you know, whatever you're feeling right now, whatever's coming up for you is okay. Um, you know, there is no such thing as a bad feeling or a good feeling. It's just, they're all emotions and they're there for, to tell us something. There's information there for us. Um, but as we get curious about that information and we start to take a look at what we, how we can feel special and what really makes us feel valuable in a relationship, I suspect that it's going to have very little, if anything, to do with what we're doing and more to do with how we're connecting and how mm -hmm. we're, we're showing up in those relationships and, you know, being present and getting clarity around our needs. Right. Right. Yes. I really appreciate the, the openness and the willingness to be truthful and vulnerable that you continue to bring to our podcasts. Um, this is one of my special things for us. And I, I truly, truly, truly enjoy it. It's, it's remarkable. And I, I learn more about you each time we meet here in this space. So thank you for that. And I love you. My pleasure. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So remember. Choose love. And keep it kind. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, or topic suggestions, and remember to subscribe. And you're invited to join our Facebook group, Empowered Now Relationship Support and Advice for All. You can reach out to us on our websites at gregmillion.com and leannemillion.com or follow us on Instagram at gregmillion.lifecoach and at leannemillion. Hey, I think I should get like a picture or something to put in here because this wall is boring. Okay. We need more art. That's what we need. More art. We've more got like art. 47 pieces of art in this place. Yeah. One more. One more piece of art. Yeah. Two, two more, actually. You know, that beach picture would have done really nice there. <laughs> Just saying. The one that we bought yesterday. No, it would not look <laughs> good in here. It would look like poo poo in here. Poo poo? Wait, what poo -poo. is happening with my hair? Poo poo shit. Okay. okay. Are, are you ready? Right. Yeah. Are you yeah. ready? I'm ready. Let's you need do to it. warm up? Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, red yellow leather. What are you saying? Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. That's hard to do. Leather. That's why we do it. <laughs> red leather, yellow leather. Toy boat, 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 toy boat. If I had a boat. No, it's different. I'm on a boat, bitch. Anyway. Okay. Hey, listen, are you, okay, what's the episode number? 11. What's the title? The Desire. The Desire <clears throat> to Feel Special. Right, Desire okay. to Feel. I got to clear my throat. <laughs> okay. Feel Special.
and polyantheonam. Do you want to talk about why you brought this to the table? Sure. Yeah, I can do that. Are you going to be vulnerable? Of course. <laughs> of course you are. Ready? Oh, I can do it. I'm getting ready. I'm getting used to my new chair in the new space here. Yeah, it's me, weird. me too. Okay. Uh, see, look, <laughs> this is what happens though. I'm you lean there. back. Oh. Put your weight on your... Yeah. On your... <laughs> Fart. <laughs> yeah. You're an idiot. Okay. Are you done? Maybe. 